You are listening to Concert Blast. This is Mike Arnold. I am doing this special podcast by myself because what we've done is recorded a couple of days into a dead audio recorder, so we didn't realize until day three. We're covering the Bill Street Music Festival in Memphis, Tennessee, part of the Memphis in May festivities. Every year when we attend the Bill Street Music Festival, we're welcomed with open arms from the media staff and from the other media that comes in from around the different parts of the nation. On this coverage, it's day two. So Brian Hasbrook, Tom Thompson, and our key helper for this festival, Steve Shattuck, had a fun-filled day in Memphis, Tennessee on Saturday, May 4th, 2013. Of course, every year, we are blessed to say that we are sponsored by our friends at Charlie Vergas Rendezvous in Memphis, Tennessee, downtown in an alley right in front of the Peabody Hotel. They invite us down to have a nice meal and take good care of us. Thank you, John and Sharon, for uh, helping out Concert Blast and with our expenses and with sponsoring our coverage of the Saturday Bill Street Music Festival. So our day started out with an excellent meal and a short conversation to say hi to John Vergus, who actually runs the place now. And as usual, we had a great time. This year, we had some friends in town in Memphis. Actually, Mike and Adrian from Kentucky, they came into town. And we, since they were in Memphis, Tennessee, coming from Kentucky, we said, hey, why don't you come and have lunch with us at Rendezvous? And since they've never been there before, we wanted to see what their reaction was like, and they loved it. And I'm sure that they're going to be back every time that they're in Memphis, Tennessee, to enjoy some barbecue ribs and pulled pork and brisket. All from Charlie Vergas Rendezvous in Memphis, Tennessee. We also want to thank our whole weekend sponsor, which is the Best Around Food Concessions. We thank you guys from Florida who came up to Memphis, Tennessee to set up about four different booths in different areas of the of the festival. And I hope you had some great business. I know the attendance was down. They said that the attendance was around 100,000 this year, and they said that was down, and I was thinking 100,000 is pretty good. If you think about it, all these acts that we covered. Now, on Saturday, I want to run through some of them that we covered, and this is not everybody that was there. These are just the ones we've covered. ZZ Top, The Black Keys, Patti Smith, Jerry Lee Lewis, Dwight Yoakam, and Gavin DeGraw. And we also saw one song of Government Mule. If you were to go see those guys in concert, and just for them to do one set, just like they do at the Bill Street Music Festival, you would pay more than $45. Probably the minimum would be $45. And that's what it costs for all these guys. And they do their full sets. And that's what's remarkable and incredible 
about the Bill Street Music Festival. You get all these headliners come in to perform their full sets, and you get to see all these shows for the price of one, and actually it's less for the price of less than one on some cases. So after we enjoyed the good food at Charlie Burgess Rendezvous, we went over to the Peabody Hotel, and it's been years since I've been there, and I don't know if Brian or uh, Steve or Tom had actually ever been there before. They might have, but we went into the lobby, looked at the ducks that were swimming around the fountain in there, took a few pictures uh, of us, just walked around just to see the decor i guess they would say and the nice facilities that they have and how pretty everything is set up a lot of people in the lobby there just relaxing having a good time but when we left the peabody hotel went back to my car it began to rain lightly and we didn't want to go out to the festival this early in the day now that was probably about 3 30 or so and we didn't really want to go out into the festival while it was raining that early because we knew we were going to be there way after midnight so i told the guys about a donut shop in Memphis, which was close to our hotel, so it wasn't that far away. A donut shop called Gibson's Donuts, and I saw it on one of those travel channels or Food Network shows, and it was featured. And since it was raining, we thought this would be a good place to have, you know, dessert and coffee and just uh, to chill for a little while, just to have a little conversation. Because when you're at the festival, we don't have time to talk to each other, and, and sometimes we very seldom see Steve and Brian because they have their things that they're trying to do, or Tom and I are trying to do the coverage of the show. When we got to Gibson's Donuts, this was odd. At 3.30 in the afternoon, 3.30, quarter to four, something like that. There was a line from the counter where the donuts were all lined up all the way to the door at a donut shop that late in the day. And that blew our minds. We grabbed some donuts, just different kinds. And I couldn't believe that they had the maple top donuts with bacon bits. Well, actually, there's real bacon on it. And that was the big seller. And I said, look at the donut with bacon bits on it. Several people in line said, yeah, that's why we're here. That's what I always get. I said, well, we got to try one. I just tried a bite of one. It's just too strange for me. And Tom said it maybe if it was uh, morning time, his taste buds might have been used to it. <laughs> but he said, and if the bacon was hot. So if it was hot, fresh donuts with hot bacon on it then maybe he would like it better, but I can't see how good it would be for you. In fact, it would be terrible for your body. So I just kind of took one bite to see what it was like, and I really didn't care for it that much, but a lot of people did. So we stayed there, and, and we bought uh, just a, probably not quite a dozen, but you know, probably eight donuts or so of different flavors so we could all just share different ones. And Brian and I had some coffee, and we were just enjoying our day. Just relaxing and watching the rain come down harder. We couldn't believe that it was actually coming down harder, and we were just dreading, oh, we got to go back out. This reminds me of 2008 when it didn't stop just a downpour rain. We're paired. We have a media trailer. We can, If it gets too bad, we can get in there and then go cover some of the show and get back to the trailer. So we left Gibson Donuts, went to the festival, and on our drive, the rain got lighter and lighter, and it finally quit altogether. And once we arrived inside the park and got into our trailer and uh, got settled in, we heard some music playing, so we walked out of the trailer, went out to the stage right there by the trailer, and saw it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Patti Smith performing. The ironic thing about Patti Smith performing, she talked about what she did the day before. They came into town a day early, and they went to Graceland, which is the home of Elvis Presley, of course, and did a tour. And then they went to what they said from the stage. It was really neat. That great barbecue place. What was the name of it? Oh, yeah, Rendezvous. Man, that was awesome. 
It was just so ironic that we just left. They were our sponsors for the Saturday coverage. We watched Patty Smith for a little bit, and then we w- decided to go down to another stage. The middle stage of the festival area was Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer, performing. He had probably about 15000 there. Patty Smith probably had about 3000 at the beginning, and I th- believe she got more and more people coming to her stage because people were just now coming into the festival anyway. Jerry Lee Lewis performed some of his country standards and his classic rock and roll hits. I'm all over, baby. Whole lot of shaking going on. Yes, I say, come all over, baby. Baby, you can't go wrong. We ain't faking. Whole lot of shaking going on. He actually looked and sounded better than I've seen him in years. Last year, I think he had canceled due to health reasons. And they brought in Little Richard, if I remember right. The year before that, he didn't sound as well as he had a couple of years before that. And I was thinking, well, his hell's going down and down. But this year, he actually sounded probably the best I've heard him in these last five or six years that we've covered the music festival. He's always there every year, and he brings in a huge crowd. Now, he's not the energetic crazy guy that he was back when he was young. Jerry Lee Lewis is 77 years old, and so he's definitely not going to be the loud, energetic uh, performer that he once was, or going crazy on the piano, or standing on top of it, or anything. He didn't do that. Every now and then he might stand up and just look at the crowd and point to him, sit back down, and start playing again. He did a lot of country standards. Really didn't care too much for that. I really liked his upbeat rock songs. He performed Sweet Little Sixteen. Really, really rockin' in Boston, Pittsburgh, PA. Deep in the heart of Texas, shaking round a Frisco Bay. All over San Luis, way down in New Orleans. All the cats gonna dance with Sweet Little Sixteen. He performed Great Balls of Fire. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I let you love for the part of this money. You came along and moved me, honey. I've changed my mind. This world is fine. Those very common hits from the 50s. Tom and I were talking. We looked around, and uh, he said, see if Brian's in the photo pit. So I walked up to the photo pit. I saw all the photographers, and I didn't see Brian. And I'm wondering, where is Brian? And then I think Steve came and told us that he didn't get there in time to get into the photo pit. So he didn't come down here to Jerry Lee Lewis. So I was telling Tom, Brian has a lens that's about a foot long. He could take a good shots from anywhere in the area. I don't get it. He doesn't have to be two feet in front of the stage. He could do it from the back of the crowd and still get good shots. I don't know. We all came to the conclusion that he's spoiled. So we decided to go down to see the next performer on our list, which was Dwight Yoakam. Dwight drew a large crowd of about 10,000. Now, the people in the crowd were definitely fans and not just people who happened to walk up to the stage. Tom and I talked with several of the audience members, and as we continue with our live coverage into our dead audio recorder, (laughs) Dwight's performance was a good one. And once he and his band members took the stage... Dwight took full control of his show and the audience. It was one of those 
shows that he did song after song after song. He did transitions from one to another. Very little talking, very little space in between songs, and that's the way I like it. He took the stage with the song, Take Hold of My Hand. Take hold of my hand, and I'll do what I can to make everything right, at least for tonight. He did some other songs like Little Sister. Little Sister, don't you? Little Sister, don't you? Little Sister, don't you kiss me once or twice? Tell me that it's nice and then you kind of love. Yeah, yeah, Little Sister, don't you do what your big sister done? Honky Tonk Man. Well, I'm a honky tonk man. Ain't a case in your style. Love to give the girls a world to the music of an old goodbye. When my money's all gone, I'm on the telephone singing, Hey, hey, mama, can your daddy come home? A thousand miles from nowhere. I'm a thousand miles from nowhere. I mean, he had a lot of very familiar songs, even if you weren't a Dwight Yoakam fan. But if you knew a little bit about country music back in the 90s, he had a lot of hits back in those days. And he performed every one of them. Now, since the stage was that he was performing on was right next to where the media trailer was, Tom and I went to see if we could find Brian in there. And, of course, we did. We asked him what he's been doing, in which he replied with a very surprising answer. And this shocked Tom and I both. Brian told us that since he was late for Jerry Lee Lewis in the photo pit, he decided to check out Patti Smith's concert, and he loved it. Brian said that Patti went back to her early days and played the big Springsteen song that made her a hit, Because the Night. the Neil Young cover, It's a Dream. She did another older classic, which George Thorogood made famous, which is Nighttime. And then she closed her set with the old party song, a cover of Van Morrison's group called Them, with a tune named G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria. said he then went to the outcast member Big Boy who went and saw his performance. Big Boy was there doing a solo performance and he said he loved it. He said he got there to the photo pit and he had a great time. He said the guy was hilarious. Then I asked him, but did you take any pictures of Patti Smith since you were there? And he said, yes, he did. And he got some great shots of her. 
I'm going, this is Brian taking pictures from the crowd? Well, I need to apologize for what I said earlier. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Then I asked Brian if he got some shots of Dwight Yoke. Brian said the photographers weren't allowed in the photo pit for Dwight. And all the other photographers joined in in his support. They're going to back each other up. That's the way they are. <laughs> they don't like it when the when the act tells them that they can't get into the photo pit. Cheryl Crow did it the night before. And now we got Dwight Yoakam doing it on Saturday night. So I looked at Brian and I said, wait a minute. You didn't get any pictures at all of Dwight? And he goes, no. And I said, well, you took pictures of Patty Smith from the crowd. Can't you take pictures of Dwight Yoakam from the crowd? I told him, you got to take pictures of them, man. It's right here, right outside of our trailer. And they look great. They're all got their suits on. So Brian turned to the other photographers and said, all right, I'll be right back. Of course, they're going to boo and boo. Don't take pictures of someone. Don't let you in the photo pit. So Brian and I went back out to the crowd, and he took some shots of Dwight Yoakam and his band. So once we returned back to Dwight Yoakam's show, we saw him perform one of my favorite Dwight Yoakam songs, which is Guitar's Cadillac. Now his guitar's Cadillac, he'll fill in music, lonely, lonely streets that I call home. Yeah, my guitar's Cadillac, he'll fill in music, Dwight then performed a tribute to Johnny Cash, his version of Johnny Cash's classic song, Ring of Fire. left the stage and returned for an encore. Now, that is something that is rarely done at a festival, unless you're the headliner. Now, the headliner usually gets an encore. We were very impressed with his performance. The crowd just loved it. I thought he had a great set list. So as soon as Dwight Yoakam completed his set, a new set of fans exchanged the stage area. I mean, the country fans left, and the young alternative rock fans came in, and kept coming in, and kept coming in. And before you knew it, there were about 30,000 at this stage ready to see the Black Keys. Since we knew it would be about 30 minutes before the show would start, Tom and I decided it was dinner time. So we returned to our sponsor's booth to try out a chicken on a stick from the best around food concessions. But I still like the Philly steak cheese. They had a great one. Make sure if you ever see the best around food concessions anywhere, tell them that Concert Blast said hi. Here's what I did, too. On the way to our food, I said, I'm going to send a a Facebook message and a Twitter message to tell everybody where we'll be eating. And I told the workers that, and I told them, I said, all right, I just posted something. There's going to be people coming. So we got in line. There's about probably 10 people in front of us, and we got our food. We turned around and looked, and there was about a 100 people there. And I looked at the worker, and I told her, I said, see there? See what we did? And she goes, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we all laughed like, yeah, like we really had something to do with that. I doubt that, seriously. But it did look good to everybody. I said, actually, it's just dinner time, I think. Well, after Tom and I ate our meal, we went back to the stage where the Black Keys were about to perform. And uh, the huge crowd of mostly 20-somethings were very excited to see this band. They were fans that knew, these fans knew all the songs 
They uh, would sing along with them. I mean, really devoted fans. We had a great time interviewing the fans in the crowd. Oh, into our dad audio recorder. And, yeah, let me add that, too. Boy, I tell you, Saturday would have been a great show for a podcast if we had our recorder working. But we didn't know it until Sunday. So once the stage lights went down and the intro music picked up, the crowd became alive in anticipation for this concert. And finally, Dan and Patrick of the Black Keys walked out on the stage while Patrick started the first number of the night with his rhythmic drum beat to Howlin' For You. I must admit, I can't explain any of these thoughts racing through my brain. It's true. Man, I think that's a great song. I, I love how the drums start that off and how the song goes. Dan kicked off the second song with his guitar, Next Girl. I wanted love, but not for myself, but for the girl so she could, so she could love herself. Oh, my next girl. After a few more numbers, they performed one that the crowd sang along with and one of my Black Keys' favorite songs, Gold on the Ceiling. couple more songs, we decided it was time to head to another stage to catch some more acts. Government Mule was performing at the middle stage to about probably 10,000 people at their stage. We stopped long enough to hear my favorite song from them, Soul Shine. When the candlelight's home, burn so very far away. Yeah, you got to let your soul shine. Just like my daddy I wanted to hear more from Government Mule because I really like Warren Haynes and his guitar playing and his vocals as well. But Tom insisted to pull me away to go see Gavin DeGraw. Now, I don't know anything about Gavin DeGraw, and I've seen him perform on YouTube with some songs at a piano or with an acoustic guitar wearing his hat. I said, oh, yeah, he's going to be a ladies' man that's going to do nothing but sit on a stool and bore me to death and play ballads. Boy, was I wrong. That guy is an excellent performer. And let me tell you something. I'm going to do some more research on this guy because in concert, this guy knows how to get the crowd singing, dancing, and actually jumping up and down. Before you knew it, the guy was in the crowd leading the sing-along to all his songs. He had this enthusiastic crowd of of about 8,000 doing about anything he asked them to. I mean, this guy is a great performer, running up and down the stage, jumping up on the stage, dancing, playing the instruments. He was doing it all. This show actually reminded me of a train concert. 
In fact, they should go on tour together. That would be the idea show right there. Train with Gavin DeGraw. That that would be a tour right there. And the place really went wild when he did his hit. Not over you. If you ask me how I'm doing, I would say I'm doing just fine. I would like to say that you're not on my mind. But I go out and I sit down at a table set for two. And finally I'm forced to face the truth. No matter what. The guy was called back on Encore, too. He had, like, two songs that he did on his Encore. And I hate to admit it, but Tom was right this time. And I want to thank Tom for the excellent advice. And I'm glad that I took his advice. Once Gavin did finish up, though, we headed to the middle stage again because the middle stage is where that little old band from Texas is going to be. The classic Southern Rockers, ZZ Top. We arrived at their stage while it was being set up, so we continued to report into our dead audio recorder about where we are, what we're about to cover. There were people all around, just energetic and ready for this show, and they were all enthusiastic that, that we were there recording. And so we started talking to some people, and this couple next to us was just over-impressed that we were going to work right there with them. So we interviewed them. It was a couple from Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, his name is Charles. I forgot her name already. I had all this in my dead recorder, (laughs) if it would only work. And Charles was probably our number one publicist, marketing campaign manager that we could ever hire because this guy was spreading the word about we were there, and he was excited to finally meet us and... To get to be on our show at the same time, he just couldn't believe it. He was telling everybody, we're with celebrities. These guys are celebrities. (laughs) Oh, man, what a lot of fun with Charles and his wife. She just had a constant smile on her face the whole time. When it came to sing-alongs and I held my mic up, the whole crowd was singing along, except for Charles' wife, and she wanted to cover her mouth, but she didn't want to be caught singing on our show. (laughs) It was just too much fun. ZZ Top did a good job, had a terrible start, had a very slow start. They hit the stage in their nice outfits and their groomed long beards and their hats, and they looked really cool. But when they started playing the music, the sound system was just so jumbled up that I couldn't understand what they were playing. I looked at Tom, and he says, I couldn't either. Brian was in the photo pit. He says, oh, yeah, I knew what they were playing. It sounded good down there. He must have heard the monitor speakers where we heard the PA speakers. And the PA speakers wasn't set up right at that time. But Brian said, yeah, they started off with something from Trace Ombres. I said, what was it? He said, Precious and Grace. second song I didn't recognize either, and the reason I didn't recognize it is because it was a new song, a song called Heartache and Blue. I got it, man, yes, oh, man, I don't I never want it no more, baby, if it were me, you 
for a familiar tune. And then came the famous ZZ Top riff that finally started as Billy Gibbons connected with Waiting for the Bus. After waiting for the bus, it's going to be followed up by Jesus Just Left Chicago. Jesus Just Left Chicago And it's not for New Orleans Well now, Jesus Just Left Chicago And it's not for New He continued with plenty of more new songs and such as I Gots to Get Paid. A 25 letters on my dressing, dressing. I gots to get paid. I got 25 letters on my dressing, dressing. You know I got to get paid. As well as a mixture of older hits such as Give Me All You Love It. Sharp dressed man. Also played around with some blues numbers as they went into blue jean blues. I done ran into my baby. I finally found my old blue jean. Heads in Mississippi. I'm shuffling through the Texas sand, but my head's in Mississippi. The blues has got a hold of me. I believe I'm getting dizzy. They close their set with their fur carpet guitars with a sing-along of legs.
Encore was definitely worth being there for. If you ever go see ZZ Top, there's a guarantee of two songs is going to be on the Encore. But they always seem to add more to it, and you don't know what they're going to add. And I haven't heard them do this in a while, and it was good to hear the first song of the Encore, Tube Snake Boogie. I've got a girl, she lives pro-style. She's the one that really I don't believe I've ever heard them do the second song of the encore ever in concert, which was Viva Las Vegas. The next song, of course, was LaGrange. Rumors spread around in that Texas town. Right to check outside LaGrange. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you want to go to that whole mile on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. brought the house down but the next song enthused everybody even more and that was Tush singing along. They would stop the music to get the crowd to sing the next line. It was the perfect way to do that. What really bothers me is when people say sing along and they sing and play over top of the vocals and you can't hear the audience at all. You couldn't even tell if they would sing or not. So this way you got to hear everybody belting it. It sounded great. It was a really good time. This was the only entire show that we saw on Saturday. Usually we just see about half a set and then we move on to the next one. But we enjoyed ZZ Top so much we just stayed right there and watched the whole set. Loved it. Well, let me rephrase that. I loved the last half. It could have been a lot better. They left out some songs like Got Me Under Pressure, Cheap Sunglasses and Just Got Paid. They could have had that and others instead of having so many new songs. I did several new songs and some obscure songs, too, that I just didn't care for. So it was time to head on back to the media trailer to meet up with Brian and Steve. They had already shut it down, but there's a tent 
outside the media trailer that they could set in and wait for us to get there. So on the way back to that tent, we saw the after party, which was Porter Robinson doing his DJ electronic music to about 6,000 young fans all hollering and dancing and carrying on while he was on the stage with his computers doing his electronic music, jumping up and down with the smoke effects, the lighting effects. It looked pretty neat. Big screens behind him with all kinds of graphics going on behind him. So they were having a great time. We're not really into that kind of music, but I know a good performer when I see one. And he did a great job, just as well as Bass Necker did on Friday night. And the crowd got into both of these shows. So night two of the Bill Street Music Festival was a lot of fun. It was another cold night and began to rain lightly in the middle of ZZ Top set. But we had on ponchos and caps, so we really didn't notice it was raining until we looked up at the at the lights the spotlights from the middle of the crowd going to the stage, you could see the little raindrops coming down. We really didn't know it was raining because of our hats and ponchos. Before we left the park, we closed out the night by recording our recapping for our podcast. Again, into our dead audio equipment, but at least we had a good time. The highlights were definitely ZZ Top, Gavin DeGraw, and the Black Keys. Dwight Yoakam surprised us. I didn't know he'd be that good of a performer. Brian said that his highlight was Patti Smith and, of course, Big Boy of, uh, of Outcast. He liked ZZ Top what he saw, but uh, he didn't want to stick, stick around out there in the rain. He said, once it started raining, I just wanted to go in. He left, and uh, Steve's legs were bothering him, so he left, too. And he and Brian were down the media trailer while Tom and I were out in the middle of the crowd having a blast with all the Southern Rock Classic rock fans <laughs> just having a good time with the ZZ Top crowd. Special thanks to our Saturday sponsor, Charlie Burgess Rendezvous. And, of course, for our festival sponsor, the Best Around Food Concessions, for making it all possible for us to be able to afford this trip. Tom and I would personally like to thank our new Little Rock Arkansas friends, Charles and his wife, for making us feel like celebrities. Sorry about the dead recorder, Charles. <laughs> you would have been on our show. But at least I've talked about you, right? Remember to send us emails. Concertblast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash concertblast page. And on Twitter, it's concertblast. Thanks again for the sponsors. Thanks again for the Memphis and May Bill Street Music Festival for the invitation. And thank you for listening. So I will also be recording day number three by myself since we didn't find out that the recorder was dead until we got at the festival on Sunday afternoon. And until next time, this is Mike signing off. And for Brian, Tom, and our helper Steve, until next time, God bless you. I want to thank you for letting me be myself again. I didn't get it. My voice is too rough right now.